You are listening to UnChristian, a three-week teaching series from Jubilee Church. This series looks at some of what non-Christians think of Christians and the intensity with which they hold these views in the hopes of better equipping Christians to be able to express the love of Christ to our generation. If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. And uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It's on page 953. You can just turn there and uh, stick, your, stick your thumb in there. And uh, I'll get to it here in a minute. But we're going to be, today we're wrapping up the Unchristian series, a series, three-week series that we've been going through. And uh, this, this man named uh, David Kinnaman, uh, several years ago, he started to become worried about <coughs> the reputation that, that the church and that Christianity has uh, with people who are outside the church. And he started wondering, you know, what's, what's going on with this? And so he was, he's a researcher. He did, uh, his job was he did, he did surveys and did that kind of research. And so <clears throat> this, this thought in his head led to a multi-year uh, project for him. So he sent out surveys, he interviewed thousands of people, and he compiled it all into this book called UnChristian. It's a really helpful book. I encourage you to get it if you haven't heard of it or read it. Um, but to be honest, it's kind of a depressing book because, I mean, I don't think it takes a scientist to tell us that Christianity, being a Christian, isn't exactly the most popular thing to be nowadays. And, uh, but the, the helpful thing that David Kinnaman did was he brought, uh, he, he shone some light on the particular reasons why that is the case. And so we've been looking at several different uh, just perceptions that Christianity has gained over the last few years. So the first Sunday, we talked about how Christians are seen as hypocritical. Last Sunday, we talked about how Christians are seen as anti-homosexual. And today, I'm going to talk about how Christians are seen as judgmental. And uh, I've, I've been married uh, to my wife for eight years. Unfortunately, she's, um, actually, maybe fortunately, she's home with uh, our kids. We have a sick kid this morning. But that means I can say anything I want about her, and I'm not going to get in too much trouble. Uh, but uh, it's, being recorded. it's being recorded. Oh, maybe I can like edit this bit out. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, so we've been married for eight years, and say, say I bought my wife flowers. Say it's kind of a tradition I do. I, I actually don't do this, but just for, for analogy's sake, say I buy my wife flowers every Friday, you know, want to end the week, want to tell her that I love her, and so I come home with flowers every Friday, and, and eight years into our marriage, I come to find out she doesn't even like flowers. You know, she, I come to find out she thinks they're a waste of money, and she, you know, would much rather have chocolate, um, which actually, that is true. She doesn't like flowers, so go with chocolate if you want to get Shannon a gift. <coughs> but, uh, you know, all these, all these eight years, if I were to be doing that, I, in my mind, I would be thinking, okay, I'm communicating to her something. I'm communicating to her that I love her, that I value her, that I was thinking about her. And in her mind, she's thinking what is being communicated, what she's hearing is, he doesn't really know me. He doesn't understand me. He, does, he doesn't get what I like and what I don't like. You know, it would, it would actually be doing damage if that was something I did for eight years without ever asking, without ever finding out. And I feel like in some ways the church and Christianity in America is a little bit in that position. We felt like we have been communicating certain things to people who aren't a part of the church, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, uh, and, and they're hearing the message that we're sending out and they're thinking, 
No, they, they don't get us. They don't understand. They, they haven't taken the time to, to hear me. And so that's this unchristian series. I want us to uh, be open to this stuff. It can be easy to hear criticism and just kind of brush it off and say, oh, you know, that's not me. That's, you know, the guys on the news who picket and have the bullhorns on the, on the street signs and who boycott funerals. But uh, I think there's something for all of us to learn in this. So I, I would like us to, to just be humbly open and honest with ourselves and use this as an opportunity to examine our own hearts to make sure that, that we're in a good place. Uh, also, just as a point of clarification, I am going to be using the term outsider to talk about people who aren't a part of the church. I'm, I, I hesitate to do that because I don't like describing people by what they aren't, and I don't like people generalizing me by what I don't do or something I'm not. I, I feel like that's not very fair, but for this sermon series in particular, I, I couldn't, I, I wrestled with it, and I felt like I couldn't come up with a better word, and I'm I'm not saying outsider in any kind of derogatory term. It's not like, hey, we're the insiders and all these people outside of church are the outsiders. No, we, Jesus calls us to love everybody, to love people here in these walls and to love people outside these walls. So I, I say it just as kind of a technicality, um, not, not, in term, not in like a derogatory way or anything like that. So. But... Uh, being, being judgmental, we have as Christians uh, this perception of being judgmental, and I don't know if you've noticed it, I've in particular noticed it uh, when I introduce myself to people as a pastor, I get all kinds of weird looks, I get apologies, I get, it's weird, and to be honest, I, I actually don't like introducing myself as a pastor, I'll kind of like, I try to push it off until later, uh, I was, last year I was uh, at the bank with a friend and we were getting some things done, and uh, I met one of uh, a lady at the bank that he had done some business with, and she had had a rough day, and she was talking about her day, and there was some colorful language flying, and, you know, she was just being open and honest with us, and it, it was nice to meet her, but uh, <clears throat> after she had kind of talked all about her day, my friend looked at her, and he said, let me introduce to you Seth, my pastor, and she got this pale look on her face, and she started apologizing, and I said, you know, it's it's fine, it's not a big deal, you don't need to apologize, but we, we get that, and maybe if you've ever introduced yourself to someone, and you say, oh, I'm a Christian, or oh, I go to church, you start, you get these looks, or you get, people are like, oh, I'm not sure I want to talk to you about my life anymore, I feel like you're going to judge me, I feel like I'm not good enough to be hanging out with you, to, to be talking with you, I, I get that a lot, and, and I know when I was preparing this sermon to talk about, you know, people seeing us as judgmental. Initially, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very judgmental, you know. I don't, I don't go out on the street corner with the bullhorns. We're not, you know, I'm not out picketing. I feel like I'm not a very judgmental person, you know. I don't go out on the street and tell people, hey, you're a sinner. You're, God's going to punish you, you know. It's, it's not that kind of thing. But I have noticed this past week, as, I've, as I was just praying and preparing the sermon, uh, even in some of my interactions with my kids, this, this frustration like welling up inside of me when they don't act how I think they should act, you know. And, and it could happen, you know, maybe it's not with kids, maybe it's with a coworker, and you think, man, I'm, I'm working extra because we have all this work, and, and my coworker here, he's just cutting out early on the weekend. I would never do that. Hmm. 
You know, you got the, this frustration welling up inside. And so I think I've started to realize <clears throat> being judgmental doesn't necessarily just mean what we do on the outside. I think there's a, a, there's a heart component to it, and that's I, what I want to focus on today. And I think we can, we can all relate to this frustration of people not meeting our expectations or not living how we want to live, right? I mean, maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's, if you're in school, maybe it's a classmate and you're on this group project and you think, man, I've been, I've been studying, I've been putting in the work for this group project and this guy over here, he's just been slacking off. He hasn't done a thing. I would never do that. I, I wouldn't be like that, you know? Or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a girlfriend, you know, she shows up to a party and you think, oh man, she's wearing that. I would never wear something like that out in public. You know, we, we start judging people. We have these thoughts, these frustrations in our heart. Now maybe, maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, I don't, I don't so much judge other people. It's more, it's more targeted at myself, right? So instead of, instead of you being the bar and comparing other people to you, for you, other people are the bar and you're comparing yourself to other people. So it's, oh, that guy over there got the promotion and I didn't. Man, I wish... I wish I could have done better. I wish I, sh- I should be better at work. Or man, that, that friend of mine at school, she got, she got that honor roll again, and I'm just barely scraping by. Man, I need to work harder. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not, smart at, I'm not as smart as that person. You know, or man, I wish, I wish I was as pretty as that person. I wish I had the things that that person has. Comparison, Judgment. The, judge, the judgmentalness is, is pointed inward. It's inverted and pointed at yourself. And I think it's actually, it's actually a little bit of the same thing. And uh, so we're going to take a look. Fortunately for us, um, this isn't a new problem, <laughs> being judgmental, having, having to compare ourselves. Uh, it's something that the early church dealt with. And uh, the Apostle Paul, he wrote a letter to one of the churches that he was serving. <clears throat> in a town called Corinth. And uh, he's talking them through this very same issue. So we're going to pick up in the letter. This is 1 Corinthians 4, and we're going to pick up in verse 3, page 953, uh, close to the bottom right. Uh, If you have one of these black Bibles, that is. (coughs) Uh, Verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring, the, bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up, but in favor of um, puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So just to give us a little bit of background about what's going on here in this letter, uh, the Apostle Paul, he one of the churches he serves, one of the churches he helped start is this church in Corinth. Uh, there was also another guy named Apollos. Uh, who was a guy a uh, little bit similar to Paul. He traveled around, he encouraged churches, he helped build them up. And so what had started to happen was uh, the Apostle Paul had been gone for a little while, Apollos had visited, he had helped, 
And, uh, and some of the people in the church, they started taking sides between uh, Apollos and Paul. So some of the people would say, oh, well, I've been, I was baptized by Apollos. You weren't? Oh, you were baptized by Paul. Hmm. I think, you know, Apollos' teaching is more valuable than Paul's. He's, he's a better, you know, servant. He's a better leader than Paul. And then you got guys on Paul's side. No, well, Paul was the guy who started this whole thing. It's, you know, Apollos, he's not anything. And there's this comparison going on. There's this judging between Apollos and Paul. And Paul is addressing this. And I think um, one, of the, one of the really helpful things that Paul gives us, a helpful analogy about judging uh, he says in verses, um, let's see, verses 6, he says, so that, so, that you, um, so that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. This idea of being puffed up, was thinking about this, and it's a little bit like um, if, you have, if you have something wrong with your body, maybe like your spleen or your gallbladder starts to get inflamed. Um, I've Never had this happen, but I've, I've read about it. I've heard a little bit about it. Um, you know, with, with the organs in your body, normally you don't think about them. They just, they just do what they're supposed to do, right? I mean, you, I don't wake up in the morning and think, man, my gallbladder is doing great. My gallbladder feels good today. It is doing its job. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have a gallbladder. I don't even think about it, uh, except when something goes wrong, Right? So if your gallbladder starts having problems, if it starts getting puffed up and inflamed, then it's, it's painful. Stuff starts going wrong. You have to go to the hospital. And what, what we originally don't give a second thought to starts to consume our attention and our thoughts. We're thinking, man, there's, there's a problem. How do I get this fixed? What's, what's going on? This is really painful. And uh, I think our, our egos are a, a little bit the same as that. So in general, a healthy ego, <coughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of focus. It doesn't take a lot of time. But when, when our egos get damaged, when something's wrong, when there's uh, painful things going on in our lives, when we feel like we don't have value, we feel like there's something wrong with us, uh, our, our focus begins to shift inward. And I think that is, that is at the heart of this judgmentalism, whether it's pointing out at other people, or whether it's judging in on ourselves. That's what happens. It's like our ego becomes puffed up. And, and to be honest, regardless of which direction the judgment is headed, whether it's out or in, I think the results are the same thing, interestingly enough. So if you're, if you're like me, and you tend to get frustrated at people for not being like you, uh, what, what happens if that doesn't get checked, if that doesn't stop, is there's, there's a death to that relationship. So if you see someone and you think, man, they, they were late again, I would never be late. There's this frustration that wells up inside you. And, and what will happen is you will slowly distance yourself from that person because the, this frustration in you, you can't take it. And so that relationship, whereas maybe you were, you were friends with that person, maybe you had a good thing going on, you're going to start to avoid them, you're going to not talk to them, you're going to be just fake around them, put up a front, hey, everything's good, I don't want to talk to you ever again. You know, that, that relationship will die. There's going to be death to that relationship. And similarly, <clears throat> if you're always judging yourself, if you're always seeing other people and thinking, man, I'm, I wish I could be like that person, 
It's going to be painful for you to see that person. You're going to see that person, and every time you see them, you're going to think about how you're not good enough. The, the attention is inverted. It's always on the self, like a, like a gallbladder that's in pain. The attention comes inward, and there's going to be death to that relationship. It's, this, is not what, this is not what God meant for us in our relationships. <clears throat> it's, a, it can, it's, it's just a dangerous thing. And I think the Apostle Paul, in this, in this couple of verses, he talks about uh, two, two reasons why being judgmental is, uh, is just not, for us who follow Jesus, it's just not what, what it was meant to be for us. And um, so I want to go through these, these two reasons. First, <coughs> he says that um, he talks about how the Lord is the judge and about how uh, at the end of time, things that have been hidden are going to come to light. So I was, this morning I was talking to a friend of mine who's a lawyer, and uh, I was calling him because I had some questions just about like real, real judges and, and the job they do. And so I asked him, I said, hey, do you ever have um, judges who make a decision before they've heard all the evidence? Right, because that, that seems like, you know, that's a, that's a pretty bad deal, especially if you're the defendant and the accuser makes his accusation and then the judge says, well, I've heard enough. You sound pretty guilty to me. That's it. You're like, wait, I haven't even... I haven't made my case, right? You haven't heard all the evidence. And he, um, I asked him that, and he said, yeah, it happens sometimes. He said, they'll, you know, for whatever reason, judges are people too. They have something that just really, really irks them. And they, they hear something, and they just, like, you make that snap judgment. I mean, we, we do that from time to time. We'll, we judge based on first appearances. We don't, we don't have all the evidence. But the thing that Paul is saying <coughs> uh, in verse in verse 5, uh, he says, Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purpose of the heart. Then each one will receive his con- con- commendation excuse me, from God. So the danger for us, if we start to judge people, even in our hearts, we are saying, in effect, to God, Hey, I, I have all the evidence. I know everything I need to know that person doesn't meet, doesn't meet the mark. When we actually don't have all the evidence, we don't know what was going on in that person's heart. We don't know what kind of day they had. We don't know the upbringing they've had. We don't know the, the totality of their life. And God says, hey, look, at the, at the end of time, everything will be made clear. All the motivations in our hearts are going to be laid bare. Every, everything that we've thought, everything that we've done, it's all going to be laid out. And God, God, as the judge, will see everything. He knows. He knows all the evidence. And so when we, when we judge people, even just in our hearts, we've we got to be real careful against that because we don't, we don't know. There's, there's lots of things we don't know. We can't, and we, we don't want people to judge us without understanding us. Let's, let's not judge people without them without us understanding the whole picture. The, se- the second thing that's uh, dangerous about judging other people is that we, we misunderstand the evidence that has been presented. 
And, and Paul addresses this in the end of the verses I read. Uh, he says in verse 7, he says, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So he's saying, look, the, the teaching that you have, the service that I've provided to you, look, you didn't make it. You didn't come up with this. You didn't invent the gospel. You didn't invent the good news that Jesus loves you. I brought it to you. You know, why are you, why are you bragging then about it? Why are you saying, oh, we're, you know, we're better because we're with Paul or we're better because we're with Apollos? Look, it was a gift anyway. So it'd be like, you know, say, say your, your dad gives you a brand new car, you know, and say it's a nice car, like a, you know, a BMW. And so you start, you start driving around, <coughs> and, and you know, weeks, going to months, going to years, the car's working great. Uh, you, start to, you start to see, you know, you start to notice people on the road with, with you know, crummy cars, run-down cars. Someone breaks down in front of you, and you think, man, what is he doing? He needs to get a better car, you know? Look, your, your car was a gift anyway. You didn't buy it. You didn't, you didn't earn it. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Look, the, the grace that Jesus has given you, the good news, you didn't buy it, you didn't invent it, you didn't earn it. It's, it's been given to you. Uh, in Ephesians, I think we uh, have this slide up on the screen. Abe, do you have this one? Ephesians? <coughs> uh, the Apostle Paul writes to another church in Ephesians. He says, look, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. It's, I think it is so easy to forget this and take Christianity and make it about works and start boasting in it. It's so easy to start feeling like, oh, somehow I earned this. You know, I'm a pretty good, I'm a pretty good person. I go to church every Sunday. You know, I don't, I don't steal. I don't lie. I try to raise my kids well. I'm doing all right. You know, if, you know, if I were God, I would have picked me for his team, you know, right? It's, it's funny, but we, I think, I know in my life, it's just so easy to begin to feel this, to slip into this kind of mode of thinking. When Paul is saying, look, this is completely foreign. The gospel, being a Christian, what it means to be a Christian is that we were dead. We were far from Jesus. There wasn't anything in our hearts that was of a redeeming quality that God would have looked at us and picked us. We had nothing. And God says, you know what? I'm going to show mercy on who I'm going to show mercy to. I pick Seth. I pick Larry. I pick John. I pick you. And I, and I love you. Not because you deserve it, but because I love you. That's the, that's the gospel. That's what Paul is saying. Look, you're not here because you earned it. You're not here because you deserve it. Don't, don't treat other people like they have to deserve it or like they have to earn it. And I think this, this is the, the heart. This like cuts right to the heart of being judgmental. And this is, this is the only way I think we can deal with our own hearts because it can be easy to hear a sermon like this and to feel like, well, I've just got to like, Try to do better. I've got to judge people less. But it's like it's a hard issue. It just kind of wells up inside you. you. It's something that just is there. You don't have to like, 
think about it or try to be judgmental. It's just there. Our hearts are broken. The way, the way to fix a broken heart is not to try to do better. It's to experience love. It's to experience God's love. And so, <clears throat> as, as, we, as we seek to, to love people outside these walls, to love each other, we have to realize, first and foremost, we don't deserve to be here. We, I mean, what we deserve, what we deserve is what Jesus got. It's death on a cross. And, you know, you may think, oh, that seems a little harsh. You know, I haven't been that bad of a person. But what, what it comes down to, when we judge people, we are putting ourselves in God's seat. God is the judge. He's the one who says, look, I will judge at the end of time. When we judge people in our hearts, we're saying, God, I don't think you're going to do a good job. Not as good as me. I want that seat. That's, that's treason. And there's not, like Brian talked about last week, there's not a country on earth that looks lightly on treason. It's, it's a very serious offense. And so, you know, it may, it may seem like, oh, it's just a small thing. I don't, I don't tell people I'm judging them. God knows. God knows what's in our hearts. He knows that we're judging. He knows that we, in our hearts, think that we can do a better job than him. And we may not say that, but that's, that's how we feel. But the, the most amazing news is, is what Patty shared this morning. God has mercy. God has brand new, fresh mercy, it says uh, in the Psalms. God, your mercies are new every morning, every morning. And so we don't, we don't come to a God today who's looking to point his finger at us and say, man, you are really judgmental. You're such a bad person. No, we come to a, we come to a loving father who says, look, I love you. I want to show you mercy today. I want to show you forgiveness today. I want to heal your broken heart so that you're not judging people out there and so that you're not judging yourself. I think that's, that's equally this voice that we hear in our heads. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not like so-and-so. I'm not like, I, I can't measure up. God wants to set us free from that. God says, look, I've, I've given you what I've given you. I've given you your life. Every, everything we have is from God. Our, our family, our upbringing, our job, our health. It's, it's all from him. It's all grace. And, and he, wants, he wants to set us free from this comparing ourselves, judging ourselves by a standard of others. And he wants to put his judgment on us. Uh, like Patty said, if we come to Jesus, if we say, look, I trust in you, Jesus, the judgment is you're paid for because, because Jesus paid the price for us. The treason that we committed, Jesus died for. He says, look, I'll take that punishment. I'll die on the cross. That was what you deserved for being treasonous against the king. I'll take that. And so all we have to do is come to Jesus. 